here we are. There it is. The intro to Freightonomics. Get used to it, ladies and gentlemen. That's what's happening. Zach Strickland and Anthony Smith. Hello, inaugural, hello. Inaugural podcast. So Freightonomics, Anthony Smith. Oh my goodness. Here we are. Zach, we're here. We're here. We didn't. We don't know how we got here. We just walked in. We're here. Yeah. We just walked in. Um, they put some microphones in front of us and said, yeah. just have at it. Yeah. Uh, I don't know whose idea this was, but I'm all for it. I don't... <laughs> I think I don't think know if there's a better two fitted for this podcast, right? So in the yeah, world, yeah. So we're going to talk a lot about freight and economics. If you yes. haven't already figured that out, <laughs> context clues. I like. Yes, it. yes. Freightonomics. So, uh, Anthony Smith, tell tell the world about you. Okay. So I was born in Brooklyn, New York. <laughs> <laughs> I am a an economist. I'm the lead economist here at Freight Waves. Uh, my background is in economic consulting. I've spent some time looking at trends all throughout different parts of the industrial sector of the economy, um, a few segments of uh, retail space and consumer-facing markets. Uh, also, I've gotten into the building product space, so jack-of-all-trades in the econ realm, and uh, really enjoying my time here at Freight Waves, getting into transportation a little bit more and more and more every day, and uh, enjoying my time here. Talking about that freight all the time. Yes. And Zach, what about you? Yeah, so Zach Strickland, for those that don't know... Uh, this point so i am a market expert mm. but i specialize in pricing ltl a little financial analysis uh also some data engineering experience there you go. so all things data uh, mm-hmm. for the most part uh majority of my career at uh, in ltl pricing but also a lot of time as sort of a you know a report generator data miner mm-hmm. uh, engineer if you will made some dashboards here and there but a lot a lot of uh pervasive experience sounds nerdy yeah it's a little nerdy <laughs> yeah but that's that's why we're here coming from an economist yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. so uh yeah the freightonomics uh, podcast uh we're going to do this weekly yes and we're going to talk about things e- economic yes and also trucking and freight and right. everything that involves not just trucking but uh you know everything that in the transportation segment supply chain management uh mm-hmm. maritime air cargo you name it, we're going to talk about it here and hopefully relay it to everyone in a very digestible manner. Yes. So our first topic, guess, can you guess what it is? Um, try and think. Okay, time of the year. Those of you listening in the future, <laughs> it's, it's uh, December 4th. Mm-hmm. Thanksgiving just happened. Um, I think, what is it? Is it peak retail season? It is, it is, it is that time. Oh my goodness. It is that time of year. Right. E-commerce, peak retail season. Things have been exploding. How does this relate to tri- to trucking yeah. and, and freight movements across the country? So let's, uh, let's get things started. So we just had Black Friday and Cyber Monday and $11.6 billion up about 14%. Yes. Not in the brick, brick and mortar sector, yeah, but in the online sales, right. pretty important stuff. Uh, Nine point four billion dollars uh, spent on Cyber Monday in online sales, the single biggest day ever for Amazon. Right, uh, that's tremendous numbers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think the day I see that it's not the biggest day ever <laughs> is when I start to like, okay, we've we've come a long way. Like yeah. when retail e-commerce sales no longer break records. Yeah, I think that's a good point. They were, uh, you know, 
really, I guess every year everybody expects to grow somewhat. Right. Uh, so I don't think that should be something that's discounted, especially since we should be breaking records every year. I think y- you would be the one to know, but retail sales growth every year tends to be positive. Tends to be positive. A lot of that is because uh, the economy driven by the consumer. Yeah. Um, How much of that is inflationary, though? Do they adjust that for inflation? or do they, they do adjust that for inflation. Um, but when we're looking at GDP, uh, we're looking at personal consumption expenditures. A lot of that's going to be in services. And there's a difference between personal consumption expenditures and retail sales. When you're looking at expenditures, it's taking into account everything right. that you spend money on. Um, retail sales is just give me the stuff, right. buying stuff. <laughs> um, so are people are people buying more stuff now than ever, or is it is it just an mm-hmm. you know adjustment, if you will? People are buying more stuff, um, and there is also an adjustment. Mm-hmm. So as people are buying more and more stuff, the the channel is also changing as well. As you mentioned, uh, with department stores and e-commerce, the rise of that. Um, e-commerce, electronic se- uh, electronically, uh, what we call it realm, the electrical realm of doing purchases via cell phone or online. A lot, a lot of the traffic is moving more back to a cell phone. Yeah, and cell phone had record growth this year, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. More, than, more than ever. I think there were, what was it, like 35 to 45% of yeah. all the online sales were on a smartphone. Right. Right. I know so, my wife was sitting there on uh, on Friday, but she did go. She did go to the stores. So did you do your your patriotic duty and get some Black Friday or Cyber Monday, Small Business Saturday? I, I, I didn't. Okay. I, I didn't. Okay. I didn't do All that. Right. But well, I, I say that I didn't, but I know my wife basically counts for okay, me. Okay, she made spec- up for the two. You know, we have two kids. Yeah. So yeah. uh can you get take a guess mm-hmm. on what the number one sold item on Amazon was on Black mm. Friday. Just just take a wild guess. I'm guessing it was a child toy, was it? No, surprise. Well, maybe, but not not uh, you, you might be a bad parent if this was your your present to your kids. Okay. Yeah. Uh okay. <laughs> so, I'm just going to go off of what I really wanted mm-hmm. that's been thrown in my face all along. Okay. Was those Roomba electrical robot things. That actually was in the top 5. Okay. Uh but it wasn't the number 1. What was number 1? The Instapot. Really? Instapot Duo. I don't know if I trust those. Yeah. Well, apparently a lot of people do. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, it blew things up. Yeah. And it, it, I got some. <laughs> I got some mixed uh, answers uh, for what happened next. But yeah. LOL surprise dolls, uh, which I am grossly familiar with. Okay. Uh, my daughter has asked for for Christmas. Okay. Uh, but they are. Uh, they they were the number two or three item uh, sold that day. All right. Now the Instapot Duo was on special. It was on sale. Okay. But I think it was marked down quite a bit. Gotcha. Uh, but can you take a guess where the Instapot Duo is manufactured? Hmm. Is it in China? Yes. <laughs> yes I know that's shocking, right? China. <laughs> and uh, what about what about the LOL surprise? Hmm. Uh, is that also in China? Yes, in seven different factories in really? China. Really? Yes. Really. I actually looked this up. Okay. So. Uh, I actually tracked down the factories. <laughs> <laughs> you visit them in person. I'm not on Google Maps. On Google Maps, it yes. Was, you know that's the great thing about technology. Yes, you can track these down. So, why is this important? Uh, what is? Do we have trade? We do. Agents? We do. For those of you listening in the future, maybe these are all gone. But as of now, yeah. So all of this stuff that we're buying mm-hmm. comes over on a boat. Yes, well, most of it comes over on a boat. Some yeah. of it comes over on a plane, but that's the expensive yeah. stuff, right? Uh, that comes over on a boat, uh, and lands in Los Angeles, most, most likely, Mm -hmm. 
Or it goes all the way around the world on the other side to New York, okay. New Jersey, or Savannah. Or pick, pick your favorite port, Anthony. What's your favorite port? I'm really liking Savannah right now. Yeah, Savannah, the number one growing port in the country mm-hmm. next to Houston, which they, they traded spots okay. every, every now and again. But uh, yeah, Savannah is growing rapidly nice, uh, year nice. over year in terms of just volume growth. Uh, they've made a lot of improvements down there. So what this has done to the freight market, uh, we had a huge amount. I don't know if you've heard of this little thing going on between this spat between, uh, I think it's his name's Donald uh, uh, Temp or something Trump? like that. Trump? Yes. Donald yes. Tr- I've uh, heard of him. Yes. So, I've heard of him. So we've, we've been going back and forth with China uh, about okay. some things. So, you know, what this has done to the overall freight economy, it's shifted things. Yes. It's shifted things around a little bit. Yes. And we've seen an incredible amount of growth on the East Coast okay. versus the West Coast. So now as we're entering retail peak, mm-hmm. what does this mean for truckers out there? Can you take a guess? Uh, I'm, I'm guessing that the traditional lanes or the traditional ports that are usually filled with traffic with stuff coming from China has now shifted potentially from other uh, destinations. Yep, they're on the East Coast now. Oh my goodness, East Coast, because a lot of the the supply chains. Uh, so these shippers got a hold of it. Not not the LOL surprise. Okay, or or the uh, the Instapot, Instapot, but a lot of the other ones have shifted to Southern Asia. Okay, so that means that they're all going to start moving. They have an option now, a little bit better option to mm-hmm. shift to the East Coast. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to cost them a little bit less. Still not less than it would to ship from uh say the northern ports of in china right. to la right or even those ports to la right but it makes it a little bit more conducive they lose a few more days mm-hmm. of shipping and transit time going to the east coast mm-hmm. and if it's bound for the east coast anyway you might as well just go ahead and ship it directly there instead right. of shipping it into los angeles and then hauling across the country right uh one of the biggest lanes in the in the country los angeles to chicago and that's on the rail side yeah so if all the freight is now going over to the East Coast, which was what we're watching, mm-hmm. you're now going to see a lot of this, you know, long haul freight or, you know, freight that's coming across, you know, the mountains and all that right. is, is going to start to diminish. And we've seen that in the numbers. So in Sonar, we, we do have a thing that we track. That's we have the sh- length of short. Haul. Do we have a lo- length of haul? Yeah, length of haul. So for those of you not familiar with uh, freight waves, Whoa. we have a data platform uh, called Sonar. And it is basically a beautiful data analytics. It is really nice looking. It is pretty to look at. But the real value behind it is all the information that is stored in this bad boy. And one of the things that it stores is the amount of load volume on Mm -hmm. the contracted freight market. Uh, About 20% of it uh, on the the contracted side. Uh, And so we, uh, we are actually seeing a weird dynamic in the length of haul. So a lot of the long haul freight yeah. actually went up this year, about two to 3%. Long haul really? freight went up about two to 3%. Whereas the short haul freight also climbed, but about six to 7%. Wow. Yeah. Wow. You know what didn't grow? What's that? Uh, the tweener freight. Okay. Which is the freight that moves from about 450 to 800 miles in length. Okay. This is going to be your, your day and a half runs on a truck. Uh, and that's, that's actually shifted quite a bit down. Like okay. That is, that is the biggest loser. Uh, the rest of the the length of hauls, your mid haul, your 250 mile to 500 mile freight, yeah, did all right. Okay, ended up flat. That's your regional stuff. Uh, it's going to take you about a day to move that freight. Gotcha. Uh, around the country, but uh, the 
the short haul freight really, really grew this year along with the local freight, which is the zero to hundred mile freight. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. So a lot of closing the gap here when yes. we're looking at uh, that short haul and tweener, not really keeping up with short haul and long haul. So not, not at all. Okay. And that's, that's, that's a big deal for, for pricing departments out there because yeah. now, uh, now you have to figure out what to charge for a minimum, right? Especially if you're hauling short haul freight, right? You know, like there's, there's actually a, if you can get a couple of loads in a day mm-hmm. running a hundred miles a piece, you can make a good bit of money on your minimum side. Right. Uh, but you know, if you are just running one minimum a day, mm-hmm. that's not great. Yeah. Uh, but th- it can be pretty conducive, but that's going to be interesting because New York is the most congested area <laughs> in the country and one of the most expensive yes. to operate. Yes. Um, I'm sure you've been there. I've, yeah. <laughs> 10 years. Yes. <laughs> I, did, I did my time. All right. Yeah. Uh, so one of the things I noticed two things mm-hmm. from made me think of two things. First thing is, uh, you say the word data incorrectly. That's the first thing I noticed. Oh, okay. You Here say we data. Go. We're going to do this now. I'm just saying you say it incorrectly. <laughs> Second thing is that, that made me think of something is, is talking about all this pricing stuff and the relocation to the East coast from the West coast. And when I'm thinking about pricing and I'm thinking about what's going on, especially with trade tensions, um, tariffs and things like that. I think of what I think economics, I won't say 101, maybe 103, 203 maybe, start talking about price increases and and how a lot of times you pass the price increases on to the consumer. Looking at this from a retail sales perspective, uh, we're looking at retailers and and producers of goods that are primarily producing things overseas. Um, And and when I'm looking at that, I I get kind of somewhat frightened from time to time, Zach, on looking at these price increases and how they would affect the consumer. And, and as of now, um, producers, retailers have been able to absorb a good amount of uh, the price uh, increases and fluctuations come uh, from tariffs. And of course, being able to uh, navigate in such a way to uh, relocate maybe some production in uh, Southeast Asia in comparison to um, China has uh, helped with that. But also, they've been able to really kind of take on a bulk of those price increases. And so I'm a little bit nervous. What, Why are you nervous, Anthony? December 15th is coming up. Oh, what's happening on December 15th? There, there could be another round of tariffs. Oh, another round, huh? Another round. And this one, Zach, this one's going to be more consumer-facing. Yes. And... Isn't that, isn't that intentional? Isn't that what... That's where... They're trying to hit them where it hurts. Yeah, yeah. Trying to hit them where it hurts. <laughs> right. And I think one of my other fears is, is this going to be the breaking point where no, where there's no more wiggle room. There's no more cost savings. There's no more absorption. Do we now start to pass the increases totally over to the consumer now? Are they, are they not already doing that to an extent? Uh, to, to, I feel like there was a, a, something that I read somewhere, and, and obviously you'll correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> uh, you know, the data I saw was yes. one to <laughs> one to two percent. Yeah. Uh, like pass along costs. Right. Like it was it was pretty minimal. Mm-hmm. It seemed pretty digestible. Yeah. So yeah. Very digestible. Yeah. So you're you're I mean, but one percent on a you know, a five hundred dollar TV, mm-hmm. you know, five, five bucks. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's 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 not really noticeable no. to a regular consumer. No. So but, are we talking about something that's gonna be a little bit more significant? Something that could be a little bit more significant, but I think positive thing here. Mm-hmm. Looking at uh, employment trends, they're great. Uh, jobless claims are, are, are still pretty healthy at historic lows. 
um, employment is still um, just moving along. Um, when we're looking at, uh, so these are important things because these are important people things. people that they have to have money to yes. spend on retail. Yes. If they're not employed, they're not making money. Yeah, therefore they're well, not less gonna... inclined to spend. Exactly, it's a cycle. Yes, a it's whole a whole big it's a vicious cycle, <laughs> folks. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and and when we're looking at that, um, the other side of that coin is the quality of jobs. So we also have, I'm sure, many of you listeners are, are, are know that employment. Uh, rate there's a drop off if you're now a discouraged worker if you're no longer looking for work it's been a certain amount of time I'm no longer included in that unemployment rate but the participation rate is really high right now so we're looking at high participation we're looking at a very employed uh, economy right now but the quality of jobs Zach the a lot of the employment is coming from the service sector right um, service sectors things like uh, retail employment things that aren't really um, pushing uh, the national uh, average salary upwards too much. And, and so when I look at these these jobs, I think it's great because there's a, an agreed-upon need and a demand for this labor, and that's efficiency at its finest. But I, I'm also looking at this, and I'm thinking there's not a lot of uh, propensity, to not a lot of uh, ability to accept large price increases. And I think if it wow. gets to be noticeable, I see what you're saying here. That could be <laughs> the underpinning of like, all right, this is where I stop buying and, and shopping so much here. So basically, let me see if I can sum up what you're saying here. So you're saying, effectively, we have a bunch of people that can afford a lot of cheap stuff. Yes, <laughs> yes. And if that cheap stuff becomes a little too expensive, yes. like basically they're priced out now and Correct. they won't be able to spend the money and we will be out of luck. Yeah. On shipping stuff across the country. Yes. And and that goes all the way back down to where we started, GDP and our and our growth. Yeah. So our you know, we're looking at what? Uh, about a one point seven in the third quarter. Was that right? Oh, we got upward revised. We're oh. at two point one now. Oh wow. Yeah. So things are great. Things, things are, are doing great. Great. Um and so yeah, we we got upward revision not long ago, two point one percent. Um things are, are really humming along. The consensus uh, ex- estimates for fourth quarter aren't very stellar, but how uh, much? I mean, but doesn't that the fourth quarter doesn't it have a lot more to do with you know like since GDP is is basically you know you have a lot of big ticket investment mm-hmm. you know that that kind of stuff in that number doesn't that kind of trails off in the fourth quarter or does that accelerate? Um, so if if you are confident about the upcoming year. Mm-hmm business is booming, you might make those big ticket capital expenditures, purchases, and investments. Mm -hmm. If you're uncertain, because things might seem a little bit unstable here, you might hold off on some of those investments. And so I think that's kind of what we're starting to see down, a tapering of investments. Now, I I, I have seen some recovery, at least on the trucking sector. Mm -hmm. So class eight orders are back up Mm -hmm. uh, this last month, uh, seasonally so, I should say. Uh, but last year, of course, very robust. Mm-hmm. And and I feel like this has been pervasive throughout the 2019 year. It's been basically, we had this really hot 2018, which is every, everybody's talked about ad nauseum. Mm-hmm. And, but they basically just spent all the money in yeah. 2018, yeah. which gave them a bunch of new stuff to sit around with. And now it's kind of like, oh, we don't, we actually just bought that new air conditioning unit last yeah. year. Yeah. Or, you know, I got Tommy, uh, you know. G.I. Joe. Right. You know, and it's brand new and it looks great. Right. Uh, and I don't need to buy him one this year. I mean, and that's that's an oversimplification. <laughs> I think it's an excellent picture right there. Yeah, no, but the uh, but the retail side doesn't have that effect. No. You know, we, we don't see, yeah, I think the largest 
you know, we're talking more about the industrial side, mm-hmm. the construction, mm-hmm. you know, the capital expenditures mm-hmm. that businesses uh, have, you know, in that arena. But, you know, right now is the time of retail. It's the yes. consumer. Yes. And we're seeing a lot of positive signals. We are. Out of that. I we mean, are. Didn't we grow? I don't know. I don't know the exact numbers, but I believe we're up about, uh, you know, I, I can't remember what the number was, but it was like something like 10 to 12% overall through the weekend. Yeah. Uh, you know over you know the course of online spending mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. the brick and mortar yeah if you put them together we're still doing great oh we're doing great <clears throat> yeah yeah and, and and it's not brick and mortar all hope is not lost um there are still some things that is, is good for brick and mortar um especially those big ticket purchases and a lot of those are i've, I've read somewhere too that the pickup at store is still a big thing yeah yeah. So they may, not, they may not be seeing the foot traffic, right? Like in terms of the person that's just going out and purchasing something yeah. at the store, but they're buying it. You know, you, you log into Best Buy or whatever and you say, I want to pick up a TV at noon. Yeah. And yeah. it's ready for you. Right, right. You know? Yeah. But that, that was up quite yeah. a bit this year. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken. So that's, that's some good news. It's good news. Yeah. It's good news. Yeah. But, but those, Furniture items, um, oh. big, a, lot of the, a lot of people don't want to buy those o- online. A lot of people don't want to buy uh, uh, big ticket appliances online. So yeah. maybe uh, they, they go in store because maybe they don't want to drop a few hundred dollars sight unseen right. on this lovely sectional. Right. Um, but, but so there's still some hope. There's still some hope for a brick and mortar. But um, I think there's going to be definitely some separation between some brick and mortars, depending on who can really hone their craft on the e-commerce side. Um, you have Walmart, you have Target, you have Best Buy, you mentioned. So we have a lot Walmart, of... Walmart and Target both... Well, no, Walmart had a, a really big year-over-year yeah. uh, growth. Target, however, I, I think was in the, uh, on the down side Were of they that. Down? Maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong. Got to get Seth Seth Holman, Seth Holman here. here. I thought maybe that they had it was one of their sectors that might have been down here yeah. over here. Uh, no, it was the it was the amount of spend per item. Okay, their, their amount. Uh, basically, it went from like seven dollars per item to five dollars per item. Gotcha. Walmart had an increase from like you know six dollars to eight dollars per item. Gotcha. So that was actually so there were some mixed signals there. Gotcha uh, on that front, but I think overall everybody did well. I think Target actually did do better. Okay. I'll, I'll check my facts on yeah, that. Yeah, I think but, Target did do better. I think Yeah, Target had a good year. And yeah. so the biggest shippers in the in the country, mm-hmm. you know, from a retail standpoint, Walmart, mm-hmm. Target, mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you consider Home Depot and Lowe's, yeah. uh, they're, they're, they're some of their bigger retail outlets. Now, what this means for trucking in the future is that, you know, the storefronts become more of a warehousing item. Yeah. You know, you're basically going to see, you know, and I know that a lot of trucking companies do deliver to these to these storefronts, but they're not ideal for, you know, long-haul truckers. Right. Uh, you know, you have a lot of DCs. What typically happens is freight comes over from China. Yeah. Gets off the off the boat. Somebody moves the container into a transloading facility or whatnot. Maybe they just bring it straight to their, their DC. Mm-hmm. And then they, they shuffle the freight all around. They put it either on the rail or on a truck. And then ship it to wherever the region is that they're going to go. Yeah. And then they distribute it to the retailer from there. Now, Amazon obviously doesn't have any storefronts. Yeah. And Amazon is obviously a growing and killing it. And just, they have all sorts of uh, leverage in the trucking market. Right. Now, they ship, they bring all their stuff in mm-hmm. and then it goes to their fulfillment centers. 
they have DCs and then they have fulfillment centers. And they're actually starting to redo their model a little bit to where they don't just have these fulfillment centers as the primary source, as we have one here in Chattanooga, Tennessee. There you go. But they're going to have these little satellite centers okay. for fulfillments, uh, basically creating a radius around them. Yeah. So that means that you're going to see a lot more short-haul freight <laughs> as yeah. we are. Now, the good news uh, for trucking companies out there that don't like to haul a lot of minimum loads mm -hmm. is that we still have a lot big demand for longer haul freight. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's not going away. I mean, China is still way outpacing the Southern Asia yeah. uh, countries, LA, Long Beach, those ports are still the biggest in the country. Um, and, and so there's always, there is still going to be a continuing need for that. Right. Uh, but at the same time, um, you know, there is a changing dynamic yeah. in, in the country and retail season. And, and just to back up a little bit, for those of you that aren't familiar with trucking, in the fourth quarter, uh, a lot of people refer to it as peak. Uh, mm. Interesting fact is that it's not always the peak. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've had numerous arguments about this with people in the industry because mm. they have different, uh, you know, different accounts that they deal with. Uh, during different times, if you're heavy on construction or, or industry, your peak is at a different time of year. Right. You can actually have a peak in January, February if, right. you, if you're hauling industrial uh, type stuff. Right. Uh, you can have a peak in June, which is actually more consistently mm -hmm. a peak because you have a lot of commodities peaking at that time. Right. Uh, but then in the fall and winter, uh, right before Christmas, it's the retail peak. Right. You have, and the reason you see an inflation and in spot market activity is because service demands increase right. and capacity actually declines because a lot of drivers go on vacations during this period of time. They want to go see their families. But also uh, a lot of these retailers know that if the, if the items aren't on the shelves or aren't available, then they just miss those sales entirely. Yeah. Uh, so they they need to they will pay a premium to get that freight to wherever they need to put it in DC sure warehouse, up. a retail storefront, and they will pay whatever it is. And uh, fun story back in the day uh -oh. when I was working in, in expedited, um, we had a guy on our floor, and it wasn't me, but he basically got an offer. This guy said that he would drive. A, a new TV. This was 2005 when big screen TVs were yeah. still pretty expensive and yeah. a big deal. And now I think it's like what $250 for a 50 inch TV. When, when you had to decide between a plasma, yeah, or <laughs> plasma and, and 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 the uh, what LED? LED? No, was that a thing? LCD. 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 There it is. There we go. Golly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he got offered $10,000 for a load, and he would personally bring him his own TV. Really? And he said no. Because there was no, there were no trucks in the area. So he was just thinking like, I, I wish I could. Bro. Yeah. Yeah. But he just didn't think like I could probably get away with, you know, pulling somebody yeah. from like somewhere yeah. and moving this guy's freight. Well, apparently they go, the guy ended up losing his job and you know, it was, it was, <laughs> it was a mess. Really? Yeah. Because he didn't accept. Yep. Oh, wow. Yeah. It was like, it was like, dude, this is a big account. Number yeah. One. And yeah. Number two, like you just turned down tons of money ten thousand yeah. dollars for a load back yeah. in the day huge amount of money um live and you learn yeah no and it wasn't you it wasn't me <laughs> <laughs> no it wasn't me i'm in pricing i take all the money i can there you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah that was a big deal back then so retail season it looks right now just to give everybody an update for listeners uh it looks right now so we also have one of our primary indices in sonar is the tender rejection index Yes. Anthony Smith, you're very familiar with this one. I love it. Yeah. So basically at 
you know, when people are reject, or when carriers are rejecting more loads, mm-hmm. uh, they it basically spills into the spot market. Right. Uh, this is contracted freight tenders. Uh, when they're rejecting more freight, they don't do this on a on a whim. Yeah. They're not just saying like, "Oh, you know what? I don't feel like working today. Right. I've got enough money." <laughs> <laughs> no, they're, they're going to reject freight, uh, and then they're going to they're basically have something else to do that's more worth their time or energy. Right. Which typically is freight that's going to pay more. Right. Or they simply just can't afford to drive, uh, you know, the deadhead miles or the empty miles, I should say. Yeah. Uh, to get over there at the contracted rate. And, and, and so we're actually watching these tender rejection rates would have been hovering around the five to 6% range, uh, throughout most of the third quarter, fourth quarter, uh, they spiked up to the highest point of the year, uh, through Thanksgiving, which is a pretty big signal considering that we normally see a big spike in the middle of the summer. Right. It only got up to like 6.25%, uh, around 4th of July, which is traditional summer peak. Right. Um, before really falling off. But uh, yeah, this year we saw a big push. So that's a positive sign yeah, uh, yeah. for the truckers out there is that we're, we are seeing some signs that this is going to be a pretty hot. And a, considering these retail sales numbers, mm-hmm. it looks like we're going to have some replenishments yeah. uh, coming through. That means that these retailers are really going to need to make sure that a bunch of their stuff is there. Because my daughter will not ask for an LOL surprise <laughs> in, in February. Yeah. Well, actually, she will, but we're not going to get it for right. it. <laughs> you know? Hey, hey. So if that LOL surprise doll isn't there on Amazon, is that you know, lots of lettuce? Uh, it's it's like something of littles. I don't oh, know. I, does it laugh? No, it no? is it is <laughs> it is plastic and 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 hard to deal with. Okay. But if it's not there, uh, and and MGA Entertainment or whoever this is that manufacture these, uh, mm. they will they will definitely not be happy that they missed that sale. Right. So and one of the things I'm really impressed with, mm-hmm. I, and not. I, I know it's not a shocker, like I said earlier, that uh, we're seeing this exponential growth on e-commerce side and in retail sales and things like that. But that in conjunction with such a strong showing in uh, Christmas in July, mm-hmm. because it's like we're seeing uh, one of the things I'm thinking is like we're going to get more and more of these e-commerce quote unquote holidays mm-hmm. Um, that might smooth out the trend because I had no, I already did all my, my buying up in, uh, July, ah. but no, it's like now I'm also doing my buying on black Friday and, and, and it's really becoming where I think some cells, when you get into like a more micro level might get pulled forward or shift around, mm-hmm. but I am really impressed that, um, the, the amount of e-commerce and retail sales that are being purchased in the end of the year with, uh, the amount that was purchased in July. Yeah. That's no, that's that's that is a good sign. Yeah. I mean, we did see we we watch maritime shipments come across the ocean, as we mentioned, right? And uh, we actually have a way to devise whether or not they're for retail, mm-hmm. tagged for retail or not, uh, based on the uh, the consignee. And we saw this huge pull forward of retail. So we thought that hey, they're done. Yeah, just like you said, you yeah. bought you bought your Christmas in July. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We we thought it was christmas for the next two years right last christmas yeah yeah <laughs> because of all the shipments that just poured in because of the tariff concerns right. everybody was pulling their their freight into the country and it's like well they're gonna have full warehouses what yeah. are they gonna and this is a huge positive signal that uh that maybe that's not gonna be as exaggerated for as long right um of course retail will die off in january yeah, as, yeah. as my soul does yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> hibernation yeah i don't i don't you don't how do you feel about January in general? I mean, for me, it's not great. So I've, 
January has been always strong for me. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a lot due to being in Arizona and New Mexico for so many years. Right. Uh, the weather isn't bad. But I got a taste of January in Boston and in New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. It was still gray. It was cloudy. It was snowy. I, I had to stay in. Yeah. And so it, it really kind of made me reevaluate my mood. And yeah. Yes. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm, I like to be in the outside, yeah. in the sun. Yeah. And you know what? Most of the people do, too. Yeah. And that's why the economy kind of fizzles in January. Exactly. Uh, you know, in the northern part of the, the northern tiers where you lived, yeah. you, you notice it. People yeah. just stay in and, you know, they'll drink something. They'll drink, <laughs> you know? yeah, and they might even look around the house and yeah. think of, uh, this couch sucks. I need a new couch. Mm-hmm. And then that's where some yeah. of the brick and mortar traffic comes from, where... Right, they're going in, and the biggest TV time of year, right around the Super Bowl, the big game. Yep, can we say that? <laughs> can we say? Can we say the? the... I'm not going to stop you. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's where we are right now. So we're going to have we're, we're seeing some positive things in retail. We yeah. had a booming online sales, uh, even though the brick and mortar section is isn't doing as well. Uh, there are still there's still a lot of positives to take away from this year. We have yet to see the full uh, breadth of what we're seeing. Yeah. Uh, but again, everybody's bracing for January as usual. Yes. Like, but no, nobody seems to care anyway. No. <laughs> you know, no. And, you know what? <laughs> Consumer confidence is still high. Still high. Still high. So what's what's that number at? You know, I think it's like one twenty something. So what's a good consumer confidence number? So it depends on which index you use. So there's the uh, the U.S. No, the the Consumer Board, the Conference Board has one, yeah. and the University of Michigan has one. And so one is more is labeled sentiment. The other one's consumer confidence. Um, usually in the upper 90s is pretty good for the sentiment coming from University of Michigan, I believe. And lately, the 120 mark and the over 120 has been pretty uh, positive for okay. a consumer confidence from the conference board. Because whenever I look at uh, macroeconomic numbers, I have to figure out where's my baseline. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's that's key. That's something we should always keep in mind is yes. where's my baseline? Right. Uh, just like tender rejection rates, you know, where's, where's my baseline? baseline? You yeah. Know? And, and you just mark it against something else. So uh, one more thing before we, we close up shop. You think that Target is not as resilient as I do. That's right. Target. So one of the biggest shippers in the country, me and Anthony, yeah. before we were, we were on this show, we, yeah. were, we had a little bit of a, a moment. Yes. And quite a moment. I I think that Target is basically, you know, retail recession proof, if you will. And you you seem to disagree. I think that these guys are coming up on, you know, their their online system is getting a lot better. Mm. You know, I just talked about how we just talked about how they just had a booming Black Friday mm-hmm. situation. Yeah. And, you know, I know my wife personally mm-hmm. hasn't stopped going to Target <laughs> and ever. Yeah. Yeah. And if there's a store that she goes to, it's Target. Yeah. If she had to give up all other stores, it yeah. would be Target. And yeah. And I feel like she is, next to my daughter, drives the consumption. <laughs> okay. Well, I I love Target. Yeah. One of the things I love about Target is those smooth carts. They have one of the best shopping carts in the game. Okay. I also love that popcorn smell when I walk in there. I've never actually gotten to popcorn, but I appreciate the smell. Okay. thing about Target is... I don't think they're recession-proof. I think uh, when we're looking at a price point, Mm -hmm. let one recession hit. I think everyone is going to start shifting more and more from Target to Walmart. And I think uh, 
I don't know if they'll be able to hold up. I, I don't think they'll go bankrupt or, or out of business or anything like that. But I do think they would feel the burden way before Walmart does. I think I think that we are talking about two separate demographics here. <laughs> and I think that there's always going to be a following at Target. Yeah. Uh, you, you, especially, they made it through 2008, 2009. Yeah. Without issue. They didn't make it through Canada. Well, <laughs> not many people do. <laughs> no, that's true. That's true. But I don't, yeah. So I think one, one good consumer-led recession mm-hmm. is all Target needs to just be shook. Oh. And... They could. Are you saying they're going to end up like Sears? I don't know. No, <laughs> I hope not. I love Target. Yeah. Um, See, that's what I'm talking. About. I I love Target from, but I don't think they'll be able to hold up uh, in such a resilient way as Walmart. I think. Well, nobody. I guess nobody on the retail side is at, ever truly recession proof. There, no. there will be there will be store closings, but we're. I'm talking about Target isn't going away they're anytime not, soon. I mean, it could be. Uh, it, it maybe in. 50, 60 years when yeah. something else comes along. There are Bloomingdale's when yeah. we say, back in my day, I went to exactly. Target. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But I think for now, I think even if we had a, a slowdown, they would they would make it through just fine. Oh, they would be hurting. Yeah. I they would be hurting. I don't know. Well, that'll uh, that'll wrap it up for this week. Oh my. Already? Already. All right. We are, we are already done. Uh, we took <sighs> our time. Hopefully, everybody learned a little bit of something. Yeah. And uh, we will be back next week. Next week. Next back week. at it. Next week, giving everybody an update on what the freight economy is doing along with the regular economy and hopefully a little yeah. topics of interest. Everything from A to Z. A to Z. <laughs> Do what we did there. Anthony. To Z. Yeah. I don't know. What about C to A? I like it. Za. All right. Everybody. <laughs>